Hello, and welcome to the Healing No Filter podcast. I'm your host, Laura Renner. I'm an author, a nurse, and frankly, someone who's been through a whole lot. I'm here to provide you with a weekly dose of relatable, no-nonsense methods for healing your mind, body, and all things trauma-related. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Healing No Filter podcast. One of the many healing modalities that I not only used, but saw immense progress with during my healing journey was EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So if this is something you're not familiar with, no worries, I've got you. So here's the breakdown of what EMDR is and how it works. So EMDR targets unprocessed memories and shifts the way that they're stored in your brain and the associated symptoms, particularly negative ones. So it dates back to the late 1980s and was created by psychologist, Dr. Francine Shapiro. So she actually realized that eye movements can decrease negative emotions associated with memories while she was just on a casual walk and then decided to research this as a possible therapeutic modality. Her research even early on showed that even a single session of EMDR can desensitize, desensitize, my goodness, desensitize traumatic memories, which is huge. So if you're someone like me who has spent the majority of their therapy in a more traditional talk therapy setting, then you know that this can take a while to process. So being able to accomplish desensitizing and processing in a single session is really something big. So the premise of EMDR is that our brains store events in a straightforward manner. However, if there is a distressing event, your brain stores that event in a more dysfunctional way and associates painful feelings and sensations with that memory, even suppressed memories, actually. So this is why fireworks can trigger PTSD symptoms in veterans. The loud explosive noises can lead to overwhelm, anxiety, and more because of this unprocessed slash improperly stored uh, memories of war. So the way it works is you start by in a session, identifying a belief about yourself and the negative feelings associated with that belief. So what happens is the bilateral eye movement essentially bypasses your limbic system, which is the system that regulates your emotional and behavioral responses. So this includes your amygdala, thalamus, hippocampus, excuse me, and hypothalamus, which all have to do with processing trauma. So here's how a session actually looks. You are guided by a therapist who will prompt you to find a memory that is distressing or distressing emotions that you aren't able to link a memory to. And so the therapist will either use a light to guide your eyes from side to side or buzzers that vibrate in your hands that naturally cause your eyes to move side to side. That was actually what I used. It was a buzzer system in my hands. And so as this happens, you will, you know, close your eyes if you're using the buzzers or follow the, the lights with your eyes. And interestingly enough, these memories will start to pop up. Your brain will recall these specific moments in time or root cause events that created these beliefs and feelings. And then after a few minutes, the therapist will ask you to recall what that memory was and guide you to talk it out as a way to process. So that way you're not just processing that individual memory, but you're also changing the way that it's stored in your brain so that it doesn't trigger these unwanted emotional responses. So essentially you're establishing new sensory information and associations to store that memory differently, which is super cool. So there are a lot of studies to show the benefits of EMDR for PTSD, but in general, it helps with releasing the negative attachment of emotions to these distressing events. 
And the interesting thing that I found was that the distressing events aren't always what you think they are. That was definitely the case for me. Of course, I did EMDR around more heavy, significant big T trauma events, but most of my sessions uh, was around determining why I had so much fear, anxiety, shame, not feeling good enough, needing to be perfect, feeling like emotions or showing emotions are bad or useless, and I need to pretend they don't exist. It was more just kind of these broader emotions and feelings that I had that I couldn't really figure out why, where they came from, and why my brain was holding on, and my and body, frankly, were holding on to these so intensely. So my therapist would give me a guideline such as, okay, like we would come up with a specific topic, like for instance, focusing on um, not feeling good enough. And then um, I would close my eyes, she'd start the buzzers and it would go for a couple of minutes. And then these memories would pop up and it would be really interesting. And I will say one of the biggest barriers for me was my conscious thoughts would get in the way. I'm sure it was some type of uh, protective mechanism, but I would sometimes get stuck thinking instead of just letting go and allowing my brain to work through and bypass this limbic system so that these memories could pop pop up. So I would struggle and sometimes try to force myself to find a memory. But when I allowed myself to really let go, and my therapist was really great at recognizing when I was blocking myself or resisting, but when I did let go, the memories that popped up were really interesting. So naturally, I would have assumptions about what these root cause events would be, but often that wasn't the case. I would end up having these single moments in time where a memory would pop up where I said something wrong out loud in elementary school and got made fun of for being stupid or this single sentence that was said to me by my mom when I was crying or I made a mistake in a basketball game in sixth grade and my coach screamed at me for it. Or even just these moments of hearing things like, don't do that. You shouldn't be making these mistakes. You're better than that at really young ages, which are all seemingly harmless, you know, minor phrases. But when they build and build on each other from an early age, these formative early age, especially younger than seven onward, they create more concrete interpretations of reality and therefore more neural pathways in your brain to support those beliefs and strengthen those unconscious and sometimes conscious beliefs about yourself. So here's an example of that. One time when I was maybe seven, I was walking in my neighborhood with my mom and this old BMW comes racing by out of nowhere behind us and it was piercingly loud. And I remember feeling this like shiver shoot up my spine and I just started crying because frankly, I was afraid, didn't know what was happening. I didn't see the car at first. I just heard the noise and I didn't have, you know, strong emotional regulating abilities at this time. And so my sister ended up telling a group of older kids about it and made fun of me and said, would you cry or scream if this happened? And everyone said scream and made fun of me for crying and thought that that was just a weird response. And this compounded uh, itself after I was abused and the people around me had no idea um, that it happened and I was crying and my face was red and I was made fun of by by these other kids for crying. And my other sister actually said to me, she cries over everything. And I also cried on the first day of preschool uh, both years and then also in kindergarten and was made fun of. And uh, my mom had told me that if I didn't cry, she'd buy me a Barbie. So again, reinforced that crying is bad, all unintentionally, but all of these were just reinforcing that in my brain that crying is bad. 
And then after I almost drowned in a river and was crying, no one really acknowledged my crying or that it was okay to cry. And instead just kind of brushed it off. And they, uh, my parents dried me off and threw me in the car and we just never really talked about it. So I further internalized that I shouldn't cry. So all of these separate events that happened within a few years of each other. Um, and also there's way more, but this is just kind of a brief synopsis for an example's sake, but I have a full Rolodex of memories for when I was told or interpreted that crying is bad. And since crying was the only real way that I knew how to show emotion, my little self determined that showing emotion is bad or showing any emotion other than, you know, laughter and happiness. So I internalized how I felt and had no idea what the fuck to do with that, which led to a wildly dysregulated nervous system that never knew how to settle. So I was just hanging out in the state of a heightened sympathetic nervous system and stress response. So many of these examples are harmless, unintentional, minor, and just frankly, not useful shit that was said to me. But my brain was like, hang on, there's a connection here to past memories that are similar. So if we want to survive and not get ousted from the group, which is, you know, that primitive survival standpoint, we have to cut the shit out. And with EMDR, as I was able to connect these memories and find their roots, I was able to work through them as individual events that weren't actually about me or who I was or me being, you know, a good kid. They were these single incidences that my young brain created meaning out of and attached negative emotion to. So that's where the desensitizing piece comes in. Because I'd often be like, whoa, I don't remember that because I consciously, you know, didn't remember it as a key pivotal moment for something bigger down the line. And then the reprocessing comes into play once you realize where those beliefs and feelings come from. It allowed me to completely shift my perspective on the feelings around it. And my therapist would guide me to recognize how I felt in the current moment, looking back on this um, moment in time, and to name any shifts I felt to further process and heal. So these new associations essentially complete the disrupted memory and eliminate the emotional distress associated with it. And now I can associate these new sensations and feelings with it. So back to my example, I was able to feel that showing emotion and crying isn't bad. It was the only way I knew how to express myself and the things people said to me and actions that happened toward me in those situations don't actually show that crying is bad. And of course, you know, there's more therapeutic conversation around processing. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm good now. Like we can move on. My therapist would help me recognize and verbalize that I'm not bad if I cry. Like I can remove, it's safe to remove kind of these emotional associations outside of just kind of being able to process it differently. She also would incorporate IFS, which is internal family systems theory to have me support my child self by, you know, visualizing, supporting her, giving her a hug, uh, telling her she's safe and comforting her in any way that I would have wanted to be comforted in that moment to kind of help create that more, uh, firm, comforting safety completion of that memory, which is really powerful shit there. So that's just one example. I did EMDR sessions for about six months. So you can imagine a lot of memories to go through. And I saw massive improvement in my emotional dysregulation and releasing anxiety, fear, self-shaming, and perfectionist behaviors. I did, however, get to a point where I was sort of done with EMDR. And here's why. It was so powerful and helped me shift and release all of this pain that took up so much space in my mind and body and just general existence. But I did get to this place of 
not needing to know more. I had worked through a lot, a lot of painful memories. And yes, I processed and healed a lot of these. But also constantly digging up painful memories, even if you're able to kind of take away the negative emotions surrounding them, still isn't fun. I got to a point where I was just really sad. I was depressed and felt like the only memories I had and the ones that just kept kind of popping up for me were all just negative. And I just like felt really bad for my child self. And it was almost making it so I couldn't think of, or like the the negative memories were outweighing the positive ones. And I struggled with that. It was really hard. I didn't want to just have this exclusive lens of my childhood was all bad because I know that it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't, but that's how I was starting to feel. So I started seeking out more therapies that you can heal from without having to relive your past. And this isn't to say I regret anything about EMDR. I'm so grateful for the amount of growth and awareness I gained during those six months of sessions. But I just felt that it had run its course as a therapy for me. I felt like at the time, at that time, the support that I needed was more somatic therapy and biodynamic craniosacral therapy and more things that allowed me to heal without being caught up in the past. My body was very stuck in the past, but there were ways that I could work through that without consciously having to relive these memories. Because again, yes, I had desensitized and processed them differently and, you know, separated that negative emotion, but that doesn't mean it's fun to think about, you know, moments of getting made fun of by your friends or family or an embarrassing like setting in the classroom, um, something like shitty that happened with like your teammates in sports or when a parent or a teacher or a coach or something or someone said something hurtful to you, especially like an adult figure. It's not fun. That's not fun to relive, even if you are able to kind of pull away those specific negative emotions. And this isn't my way of also saying, forget everything about the past. Of course not. But in my case, I was coming up on, at this time, the anniversary of my back surgery, my brain surgery, and a lot of heavy shit. So I recognized that I needed to take a step back and change my focus for the time being so that I could support myself best in my healing process. So I found it was time to move on to focus on different therapeutic methods to continue on my healing journey. So that way I was able to move forward. It just felt like continuing on at that point for me was not a way to, to best support myself. And I think that was truly the best decision that I made at that time. But overall, EMDR was an incredible success for me. It was exactly what I needed at that exact time in my life and exactly where I was in that healing journey. It allowed me to link and process root cause events that led me to these very harsh and harmful beliefs about myself, You know, distress, distressing emotions like anxiety, fear, and feeling unsafe that I was able to process and to set me up for success moving forward on my healing path. So EMDR is something that can be done in person or remotely. So you can know that. Um, that's an option if you're interested. I did it in person, but you can absolutely, there's tons of resources online. There's a lot of therapists that do it remotely. So know that that's an option if it's something that you're interested in. Also know that there are so many trauma healing modalities. So if EMDR interests you, great. I highly encourage that you look for an EMDR therapist either in your area or remotely. And if not, that's perfectly fine. Trauma healing is very specific to the individual and where you're at on your healing journey. Like I said, EMDR was great for me at that time. Would I do it now? Maybe. Um, but there were plenty of moments in my journey that it was it wouldn't have been appropriate. I don't think it would have 
I was emotionally ready for it or in a place that I could have found the levels of healing that I did outside of the time that I was able to do it. So this is just an option. It may be helpful for you on your healing journey, but if not, that's okay too. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it so much if you would leave a rating and review. It takes less than a minute and it helps me grow my podcast so that I can reach more people and more people can hear what I have to say. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you.